Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's always a pleasure to have you on the program, His Word, where we read the Word of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even today, we are here together. I'm Tengos Dube, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we are looking into the Lord's Prayer, actually looking into Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. We are taking the first stanza that says, Thy kingdom come. What does God really mean or what does Jesus Christ mean when he says, Thy kingdom come? I believe the message will enlighten you on the kingdom of God and some of the principles of the kingdom of God. Be blessed. So the title of the message today is Thy Kingdom Come, or you can say it is His Kingship. We shall read just one verse. Actually, we were concentrating on the first stanza or as the first phrase. Thy kingdom come is part of the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or if you read from the NIV, is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, those who have been privileged to play chess, the chess game, the chess board game, there are different pieces that are there. There is the king and there is the, there is the king and there is the queen and the whatever there is. But my interest is on the king. So there is a king that is very important in the, in the game of chess. Actually, the whole game of chess is about the king. What is important is that you be able to conquer the king for your opponent and that you, be, you protect your king. That's the most important thing. So there is just the king in the chessboard. And what is the also important to note about the king in the chessboard is that it can move almost any direction. Sure, it has some controls how many steps it can move, but it can move to any direction. It can go diagonal, it can go horizontal, it can go vertically. That's the king to those who know the chessboard game. Where does this come to the play of our message today? Today, uh, we are just taking the first statement of the verse we, say, we read. The verse says, your kingdom come. This is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus Christ is teaching his disciples how to pray. And part of, this thing is, of, the, of the prayer is, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, we are just on your kingdom come. Now, if you come to understand a kingdom, we are so lucky in this country, Eswatini, at least we know uh, that there is a king. We are in a kingdom. We know that the king has the utmost power or has the authority that he rules the country. So Jesus Christ is saying to God, may your kingdom come. So in other words, there is a kingdom in heaven. There is a kingdom where God is a king, where he is the sovereign God. That is very, very important to know that when Jesus says your kingdom come, he's saying to the kingdom of God, may it come on earth. But what is actually there, we're, let's get deep down on what the thing that God, that Jesus Christ is, say, is saying to us. One thing we need to know that in the olden days, maybe before we get to the olden days, a king is, ne is not actually appointed to be king. No one is appointed to be king like I can appoint this man to be a king. No, it is a birthright. You automatically born into being a king. 
And as you are born to being a king, your, your sons and your daughters, they automatically become princes and prince, princesses. As a king. And as a king, you have the authority to rule. It is very important to understand that as a king rules a country. He rules. A king rules. People can make suggestions and all whatever they want to say, but a king rules a country. The decision that has been made by a king actually hits directly to him. It does not go to a party. If you talk about a president who has been elected by, by people or voted into the position, what is important to know about them is that whatever the president does, they don't blame him that much. The much, of, much of the blame goes to the king. Much of the blame goes to the, to the party that is there because he's representing a, a party. So a king does not represent a party, but he is there to rule and lead. So he is appointed by God. Now, if we talk of the heavenly kingdom, God is the king. He is there as the leader or to rule the world. Now, we as Gentiles, we were born outside of that kingship we actually didn't even qualify to be referred to as the princes and even to be the heirs of the kingdom of God. But we are now the heirs of the kingdom through the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8 verse 14 says, For those who were led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The children, sorry, the Spirit himself testifies in our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in, the suffer, in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. So, we have been made heirs of the kingdom of God that we never actually even qualified to be. We have been made the heirs through the Lord Jesus Christ, who actually qualifies because he is the son of God. Let me go back now to the kingdom. In the olden days, to be a king, you actually had to fight people. There would be people residing in a certain area, and uh, they would come and fight. And as a king, you take possession of that land. And those people become yours. That is what a king used to do. And when he comes there, he will rule the people. After ruling the people, the people will have to, to pay homage to the king by uh, worshipping him or paying taxes. So as a king, you are ex expected to protect the people. Now we have taken dominance, now you protect. Now when we say, your kingdom come God, we're actually saying to him, God as you come with your king, with your own ownership, with the authority that you have as God, as the king who has been appointed, and you are ruling on this earth as a king, you are there to rule. What is important is that you also protect us. Your kingdom come. God, please take over. As the king will take over the, 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 pay, the place and rule, if you're saying, God, let your kingdom come, we're saying to God, please, God, rule. Now we've sang the song that said, Busa, 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 Gimi. We are actually saying to God, please God, take control of our lives and reign in it. 
take control of the, all the things that are there and overthrow the evil thoughts and the evil things that are there and you rule as our God. As we talk about rulership, the kingdom has a way of doing things in the kingdom. Like I've said, it's much different than the republic. The king has the authority above anyone else. It is true you can make a suggestion to the king, but the king has the final word. So God has the final word in whatever is happening. When we say your kingdom come, we are saying let him do what he wants to do. Let his rulership come into him. Now God's rulership is very different from what we perceive. As I've said, as a king is the one who makes the decisions and is the one who is in authority, so God is. Now, as human beings, as general kingship, we can always try to make suggestions to the king, but he has the right to listen and not to because he rules. It is the same with God. We can say, God, this is what I want, but God as a ruler, if you're saying to him, come and take control of my life, it is his will that will dominate. And his will is not what we think sometimes. And his will may actually crush our will. And things get tough in our ways, but God is doing what you said he should do. Because you have said, thy kingdom come. So we are saying, God, may you rule, and may the way you rule and the way you want to achieve what you achieve through me, let it be achieved. Amen. So God rules. Psalms 97 verse 9 says, The Lord rules the whole earth, and he is more glorious than all the false gods. In other words, God is supreme, and if you allow him to take the rulership of your life, he rules your life better than any other God. Amen. Now, Jesus Christ understood that the kingdom of God and God's rulership and his kingship is very, very important. And actually, it is actually better or it is the best to be in his will. He said in Luke chapter 22, I think we have had a sermon on this uh, verse, but it says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, it is if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The will of God has to be done. As a ruler, as the king, as the king of the kingdom, we are saying, may you have the authority or may you have the last words to whatever we are doing. So as we pray each and every day, thy kingdom come, we are saying to God, may you, God, rule in our lives. Take the decisions that we do and maybe dissolve them if they are not aligned to your purpose. And may your purpose have dominion. Amen. But it is tough when you are doing that because I know we, if you are going that direction and God says, no, I don't want you in this direction. Like she said, Margaret Tuba said here, that she had all these things put or set up. But when God intervened, when, when God said no, it was painful. I'm sure to her it was actually hurting. Think of getting full sponsorship for a PhD and automatically you're no longer going there. I mean, even to get the, the sponsorship is a task on its own, but you no longer go. But why? Because God says no. There are things that we have experienced in our lives, actually things that we longed for and we wish to own or to possess, but God said no, it's either not at this time or later. 
The will of God is not always as nice as we think. But the good thing is that he always has the best for you in heart. But it hurts. But we have just said, God, may you rule in us. The kingdom come. What do you have to know? Because this statement is very, very pregnant. It involves trusting God, that God has the best at heart for you. God can never lead you into a way that is actually going to destroy you, but he will lead you the right way. As you walk on this earth and all the challenges that God allows you to go through, because all the challenges that happen in your life, God allows them. Nothing bad comes to you just by mistake. God knows all that you are going through. And he has been there. He, he has actually, the, the Bible says, he has weighed it that no, let my child go through this. I know he will, he will win this battle. Let's not fail the tests that we go through because God knew that we will uh, overcome. Amen. So when we say your kingdom come, we are saying to God, God rule our lives and in our lives take control. And may that's why the next statement talks about the will of God. Because may your will, God, be done. Take over, Lord. Proverbs 19 verse 21 says, may you, Many are the plans in the person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. That verse is very, very, very painful sometimes. But it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. Because we have said, Lord, rule. So it is going to be his purpose that will prevail. There are many things that we purpose. You can purpose a success of the business. You can purpose success in education. You can purpose this, 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 this. But God, if you say, let him rule, allow him to rule you. Some of these things, when they don't happen, it hurts you. But just put your trust in God that the one I've said should rule in my life is doing the best for me. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And that plan he will fulfill. Amen. Now, in the sufferings that we go through as people, because sometimes God allows us to go through sufferings, as I've said. First Peter chapter 4, verse 19 says, Though then, So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful. Now, listen to this. Suffer according to God's will. So you're suffering, but the suffering is according to who? God's will. So it is the will of God that you go to the suffering, through the suffering. For any reason that he has for you, for your best. So as we are tortured in this life, life can be tough. Very tough. But God has allowed it. It is according to his purpose. The verse says, so then, First Peter, if you didn't write it, First Peter chapter 4, verse 19. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do, to do good. So don't give up in holding up and working for God, but continue working for God as you go through the suffering. Remember, you have said, thy kingdom come. You have, you have said, God rule over my life. God take control over my life. Amen. Now, the kingdom that we are talking about has some principles. I will mention only three because there are many. If we are talking about a kingdom, it means there is a culture that exists in those people that live in that kingdom. So what is one of the culture is communication. 
with the king or to the king. You communicate to the king. This we see in the life of Jesus Christ as he was on this earth. Luke 6 verse 12 reveals that Jesus Christ pray, 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 uh, sorry, spent nights on all night prayer praying before he could actually choose the twelve. He prayed. He took time. So time and again we hear that Jesus Christ was withdrawn and he would withdraw from the rest of the people and go to pray. That is part of the culture of the people of the kingdom. So if we're saying, let your kingdom come, we are saying, God, we are taking the culture of communicating with you through prayer. Amen. The other thing that we see in the kingdom is the love and the giving. John 3 verse 16 reveals God's love. For God so loved the world. The first thing is that you have to love. That's the culture of the people on the kingdom of God. Love has to exist. This is not just love that is empty-handed. It has an action. God didn't just only love human beings, but he then sent, he acted by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to come and die on the cross for us. So our love as Christians should go beyond just loving him, but it also should involve practical steps. The book of James 2 verse 17 says, in the same way faith itself, if it is not accomplished by actions, is dead. So we have to act in our life. The culture in the kingdom of God involves love and giving. Amen. Now, God in heaven, he expects us as princes, as we said we have now been made as, to illuminate the kingdom of God through these cultural things that we do, the culture, the giving, the love. There is more we can say about love and giving. Probably sometime we will discuss more on this. I'm just scratching the surface here on the kingdom of God, the culture of the kingdom of God. But we have to love and give. Now, the Bible talks about if I, if I see somebody in a need and just say in the book of James, may the Lord bless you and we go. There's nothing, our faith is actually not evident to the person. But if we say, I can see that you are in need, and I give you something that will help you, our faith is real. As Christians, we have to show our love. What is it that we give to the people who are in need in our community? What do we do to give to the people that we are in need in the country, the orphans? The people, sometimes they appear on TV, we need so much money for school and everything. Where you can help, may you show your love. By giving. So part of the culture in the kingdom of God is love in action. The other love that we see is, com is compassion or empathy. Matthew 9 verse 36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. He had compassion when he saw the people. He saw them just like sheep without a shepherd. So when you see people, you see love. And when you see people, a person, you look beyond what he is. You don't look at the person as just Senzo, but you look at him as an image of God, what God has for him. Now, that involves a lot because now it will change the way you pray for him. It will change the way you interact with him. It will change the way you deal with him because we have made mistake of judging people or gauging people by the way we look at them. I can look at this little young girl and say, girl and say she's young and just don't care about her. And things should not, probably be nothing in the near future. But God knows what this lady is. Maybe in the next 20 years she will be a doctor. Maybe she will be a pilot. 
What is important as people, we have to look at people as image of God. That's the culture of God. So when we say, your kingdom come, we are saying, God, we want to represent you. We want to show, to illuminate the kingdom of God, how it looks like and how it acts. The culture of heaven has to be illuminated by the way we live as people. It has, the, the compassion exceeds. This love that I'm talking about, other than giving, it also involves evangelizing or telling other people about Christ. It is still, because the mistake that we make, we have forgotten that God has assigned us to preach the gospel. It is still important that we evangelize and tell people about Christ. As long as people we are alive, we still have to tell them about Christ. Amen. The other thing as the, as the kingdom is the issue of enforcing the law. As a king, he has the power to create and enforce the law. When we say, God, may your kingdom come, we say, God, we accept your laws that are in the Bible. We accept your principles as God. We accept your leadership as God. We accept your authority as our God. What you have created, we accept. And what you have said should be, we accept. Now, when we come, there are things that haven't changed in the Bible. But I think the, the spirit of democracy and the spirit of rights has made us to think God is like human beings. Actually, we can see even the way we deal with issues on this earth. We don't understand the position of a king, how a king deals with situations. We don't understand that a king is the one who has the utmost authority. You can just make a suggestion, but he's not forced to take your suggestion. So God, as God in heaven, he is a mighty God, and he has put some principles. We, we, we think, uh, I've said this maybe uh, some time ago, even if the whole world, the whole six billion people, how many is it, six billion, or we're going to nine billion, I don't know, but eight billion, the eight billion people, we vote and we say, unilaterally, we say, uh, God should allow homosexuality. It is our right. To a president, that is enough majority rules. It will be done, but not to a king. Not to a king. God is a king. In other words, what he, the principle he has set he won't be changed by us. God, if he says homosexuality is not allowed, it won't change because we, we see it as common and we accepted it. When we see... Uh, things, the evil practices that are done by humanity, stealing, corruption, because corruption in some areas actually has become so common such that we've accepted it. And we, we, we think it's normal, but that hasn't changed God. Corruption to God is still sin because God is God. So God hasn't changed. No matter what, the choices that we make as humanity, we make our choices. Some of them, they don't align to him. But what I like about God is that when he has said no to something from point A, he won't change later. If you are going to steal and he says no, you don't have to steal. It doesn't mean because you have stolen. Let me talk about corruption. You have committed yourself into corruption and gave the money or whatever you did and you got the tender. And then you try to, 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 to cover it up by making an offering and tithing and giving gifts to the pastor and the people who are, uh, who are in need. That doesn't change God's principles. Sin is still sin to God because he is king. He has the power and he can enforce the law. 
Psalms 139 verse 6 says, Your eyes saw my, my unfold body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God just made. He knew that you are here and this is your life. We, are, we exist actually on this earth because of his decisions. And he knows what we are here to do on this earth. We all have our tasks. And when it is complete, we have to exit this world. Because at some, day, at some point in time, we will exit. Now, we talked about the king being worshipped by people. We talked about, actually, what it says is that people, they respect a king. They respect him and love him and admire him even much more such that even the bad things that he does, actually, they are not considered. The good over, over, overlaps the bad. If there is any bad in God, but I don't think there is. Actually, I don't even have to think. There is nothing bad with God. It's only humanity who are not good. God remains good. So we have to return the worship, the respect to God as our God. Amen. We have to give him all the glory that's part of him when we say, Thy kingdom come. We are saying, God, may you come and rule and we will worship you alone. Amen. And you are the one who's going to take control over our lives and lead us as you are God. Revelations 5 talks about 5 verse 11 to, to 12. It talks about uh, the worship of angels worshiping God as their God. So when we are on this earth and we have said, Lord, your kingdom come, we declare that we are going to worship this God, him alone, not other God. We are not going to mix him with other things that actually we value as human beings, but we are going to give him all the glory. Amen. Now, I think in our next sessions, we will explain more on the illumination of the kingdom of God. As we go to what's the end, we normally pray this prayer. Even as we close, we will sing the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come. We are saying, God, may your rulership take control. Have you allowed God to be king in your life. Is he king in your life? Because when you make him king in your life, you allow him to rule. There are things that will say no to, and there are things that he will say yes. He's going to actually align you sometimes from what you think is right to his purpose, which is right. Have you allowed him in your life? Do you allow him each and every day to take control of your life and to order your footsteps? Letting him... Do his will through you. So when we pray, God, your kingdom come, we're saying, God, take control over my life and lead me. So let's have that in our heart. The other thing I talked about trusting God. Do you really trust God? Do you believe that the God we serve has the power? Do you believe that the God that we serve can really protect? Do you believe that the God we have has the best for you? You have to believe in him and let him control your life and put your trust only in him. He likes it when we put our trust in him. As a king of this kingdom, he likes that those who are his princes or his sons and daughters, they put their faith in him. Hard it may be from our end as people because we want to do things the way we want to, the democracy spirit, but that's not how God works. He has his way. Amen. If you're still controlling your life and you claim to be a Christian, you haven't allowed God to be king in your life. You haven't allowed his kingdom to come into you. I pray that as we come to a, uh, to a close, 
May we allow God, as we say, thy kingdom come, to be God in this kingdom, to be God in our lives, to direct our lives the way he wants to. Amen. We have come to the end of the service. Can we close our eyes and pray? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we give you all the glory and all the honor. We are happy and glad to know that you are our God. We are happy to know that you love us. We are happy to know that you rule in our lives. We are happy to know that you have authority over our lives. Actually, when we say your kingdom come, we are giving you the authority to reign and to rule in our lives. We are giving you the power and to charge. We are saying, take charge, God, into our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for my viewer and those who are listening and those who are here in the name of Jesus Christ. As we say, may your kingdom come that we allow you, God, to be God in our lives, to order our footsteps. It may be painful or hard sometimes because your plans or your leadership and your authority is, uh, is actually uh, taking us to a side that we never thought we would go to. But it is for our good, for you, our God, who loves us and you want the best for us. Let us allow you, God, give us a heart that actually allows you to mold us the way you want us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you change us and let us put our faith in you and our trust only in you, allowing you to lead us, for you will lead us in the right way. Amen. Well, we have come to the end of our program. I believe you've been blessed by the message today and your life has been changed. Now you understand that God has authority and he rules uh, the heavens. And if we say he should come down, actually let him come we're saying to him let him come and rule this world actually this even applies in our lives as we say god come down into our lives may your kingdom come may your kingdom dwell in us may you be in us god such that we illuminate your goodness and people see how loving you are i want to say may god richly bless you and we we'll meet next time god willing and goodbye